dead corn and my neighbor texts me he's like love the move love the move of the stormtrooper although now it looks like he's waving into our kitchen window <laughs> it's like <laughs> oops oh that's creepy but i'm not gonna change it <laughs> oh nice no no you're gonna yeah it's basically so he's uh holiday themed now he is he's There's, out all yeah. the time though yeah but yeah, now because he's adjacent to corn so they're Dead in the corn. fall times yeah. uh if you put anything adjacent to corn squash pumpkins they're all out there yeah. them, gourds, them gourds um therefore it's halloweenized yeah and and now it's decoration yeah it's not trash and it's not no any other cat it's now it's halloween's it's decoration it doesn't scare their dog anymore when yeah. it was back in the corner their dogs would come out and be like ah <laughs> ah who is that <laughs> like every time for a year nice yeah i I think that's what I like about Halloween so much is because people are just, like, chucking out the weirdest trash. Um, like, I saw vines with webbing all over it. So it was, like, those plastic vines. Mm. And then also, mm. like, cobwebbing. And I was like, yeah, sure, fine. Yeah. Yeah, this that, is fine. That's appropriate. This... <laughs> totally. Put some eyeballs on yeah. things. The guidelines are so loosey-goosey. That's yeah. what's the best about it. Yeah. It's, it's truly lovely. These are haunted plastic vines now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Before they were just garbage. <laughs> now they're spooky. <laughs> exactly. Uh, shall we begin? Sure. Podcast about the places women have been and the things they did there with me today is Crystal Rain. Crystal Rain! <laughs> um, and unfortunately, Annika can't join us today because she is bogged down with schoolwork. Um, and oh so, yeah, it turns out getting a master's degree is a lot of work. I hear, I hear yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. Eh. Poor Annika. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about uh, places you've been and the things you did there. Okay, where, where should we start? Uh, when you were a young girl, where did you want to a travel? A young girl. <laughs> now who's got the creepy night voice? <laughs> yes. All of my creepy voices are just old women, though. That's what it seems I mean, to be inevitable. You know, it, it is. It is. I was going to say, that's the trajectory we're both on. So at least you're getting it, like, sorted out now. It's almost like being optimistic. Yeah. Yeah, that is. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, when you were a young girl, where did you want to travel to? You know, I'm not sure that I had a particular place that in mind as a as a youngster. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the creepy chair too. Yes, the creepy chair. That was creepy $4, chairs. which is also creepy. Um, <laughs> who died on it? <laughs> What's inside of it? I, you know, I think we we traveled a lot as a kid, but I didn't necessarily have my sights on okay. distant planes. So how did you end up in Alaska? Well, that was a uh, long story short, uh, life aquatic with Steve Zissou. Yes, um, enough said. That's really yeah. That was okay. the catalyst. Um, oh. That's okay. It's just the guy blowing the sprinkler out. I guess. Do you need to go take a minute? I think maybe yes. <laughs> it is your house. It is my house. Okay. I know. If he wants money. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> All right, uh, where were we? Uh, we were talking about Life Aquatic 
with Steve Zazu. Oh yeah, Steve Zissou. That yeah, Zizou? that was the the long story short. So uh, the the longer story is, I was in a annoyingly bad relationship, and mm-hmm. I had had kind of one of those like last straw situations, and I was laying there watching Life Aquatic and the final scene, which is so beautiful, and they've got the cigarettes and everyone puts their hands on Bill Murray. And I just was blubbering to myself about my sad existence. And I went downstairs and Googled summer jobs Mm. and ended up uh, as a can-can dancer at a Gold Rush reenactment camp in Alaska. Short three weeks later. (laughs) I just, I love the idea of telling other people, like, this is what I'm going to be doing with my life. And I feel great about it. Well, (laughs) not like it's a desperate (laughs) response to to a bad situation. Well, I know. I was like... (laughs) There's so much beauty in this world. I just got to go out and get it. And so Fair. I got it through some uh, bloomers and some can-can skirts, I guess. Uh, I mean, that was at a point in my life where I was still telling myself I was going to be an actress. So I was like, sure. this can go on a resume. That's true. It's like dancing experience. Yeah, kind of. Except it was in the middle of the woods and it was very podunk. But um, totally legit. I came home. <laughs> Did you Wait, hold on. Did you ever go to California with the actress uh, goal or... No, no, no. Okay. I uh, I abandoned that after two seasons can canning, um, and yeah, yeah. I, I ended up meeting a fellow. Um, his name was High Hopes Henry. You know, I was uptown ginger, uh, and uh, <laughs> yes, okay. you're like I would like to unpack this. <laughs> no, I'm saving this for later. Yep. It sounds like a wonderful uh, dinner conversation. Oh yes, yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So uh, he whisked me away to Massachusetts, and that was actually my first big trip away from the Pacific Northwest. I grew up in Washington. I had been to Alaska before to visit a friend um, before my can-canning, but um, that was the farthest away from home, and I went to live there, and it was very scary and fun and wonderful, um, and yeah. Was it, did you notice anything different about, um, I guess the cultures in America or? Oh, absolutely. Like a few notable things there. Yeah. Um, you know, again, growing up like solidly Pacific Northwest and then moving out to, you know, an hour and a half from Boston. It is different. The folks are, um, let's say curt, uh, upon first meeting. <laughs> But it's it's kind of like respectable. It's uh it's a it's a step away from the West Coast kind of like you know everyone's like oh hey what's up but like the depth doesn't necessarily always follow with connection. Sure. Whereas like I found in New England when folks find when you got their attention when you got their time it was much more intentional and um, it could result in what felt like closer connections quicker, you know, mm-hmm. uh, once people had chosen to interact. Um, but my my most favorite thing or difference, um, which was actually a really hard one to um, wrap my head around moving back to the West Coast, was the way that the cities themselves are designed and the way that the layout of the communities are, you know, because mm-hmm. it's so old out there, like everything, you know, kind of sprung out and grew out from this central Point, the village, the town site, whatever. And so there's usually a community space in the middle. All the growth has kind of come out in this like really natural feeling circle. And I think it really changes how people, 
have a relationship with their space and with their community, you know, and it's so different from out here on the West Coast where everything's on this really impersonal grid. You drive down the I-5 from, you know, Seattle to California and every town kind of looks the same. You know, there's just not that, I don't know, that character to it. And I think it changes how how people live and, and interact with their built environment, with their natural mm-hmm. environment, with each other. And that was really hard to get over to come back this way. Just to clarify, you did live in, you did summer jobs in Alaska for eight years, right? Yep. Okay. Eight years over 10 years. So eight seasons over 10, a span of 10 years. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a chronology. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's, and that's kind of, I mean, there's a lot to unpack from what you just said, but also there's a lot to unpack from this kind of travel as well. So I guess that's kind of something that a lot of people consider and like pretty much everyone um, has thought about, you know, spending a summer working those kinds of jobs. And uh, so I guess, first of all, is I want to ask like, how did how was that experience for you? Would you encourage it? Would you kind of warn people about anything? Um, how did you feel about it overall? Sure. Great question. Um, I, I loved it. I did it for a long time. Um, I guess I was probably similar to a lot of millennials, um, where I just didn't know what the heck I was going to do. You know, it's almost like you have this, I don't know, everyone tells you, or at least did before the, all the major recessions and, you know, the current time that you have this like world of opportunities, you know, you can literally be anything. And I felt kind of crippled under that weight of like, well, which do I choose? Which timeline of my life do I put focus on? And I don't think if, I don't think it was probably conscious at the time, a conscious choice, but by like continuing to do this like stop gap of like going and working a summer and then spending the winter traveling. I didn't have to quite make that decision yet. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I... But you didn't have to, like, shut any doors yet, either. Exactly. Everything was kept open. It was on pause. Like, it hadn't moved to a community and, like, made roots or bought a bunch of stuff or, like, had, you know, rents to pay somewhere else. And so I, I like, didn't have a home base. Like, I lived out of bags for... <laughs> From probably, like, 2011 to 2016. Like, just solid bag in it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I got to really vet my choices. And I vetted the town I wanted to end up living in. I vetted oh, a lot. Vetted people to live with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's really, like something that I try to encourage uh, in younger women in like a dating style where it's just mm-hmm. like that's cool that you met someone you really love in high school maybe just take a short break like try different people um, try different people or try yeah. different experiences with that person that will show you a lot yeah. as well you yeah. know like doing something you get out of your comfort zone it was an excellent way to spend my 20s and I I think, you know, a lot of us kind of feel that call to the other, whether it be the, you know, the other job, the other city, the other person, you know, just the other of like, what is that like? And I definitely, you know, have those feelings and had those feelings a lot as a young person, younger person, but, um, I, I just feel more confident in my choices now because I, I have vetted so many things and yeah. so it was a great, it was a great decade. <laughs> I don't know. I almost have to ask, like, because it sounds really fun and magical, 
but because I've lived somewhat of a similar experience, there were a few moments where I was just like, I have no idea what's going to happen now. And like, I can't plan it. And like the lack of control over your life, like, did that bother you or what did you, what helped you cope with that kind of feeling? Sure. Well, I think that, you know, initially when I met High Hopes Henry, you know, and went out (laughs) east, (laughs) you know, the world was so big and new. I mean, I was, I was 22, um, moving very far away from anything I'd known. Um, You know, that first winter, we went and spent the whole winter in Europe. He was Lithuanian. And so, like, my world got big so fast, and it was really scary, but, you know, like, I had this person to show me kind of how, how to let go a little bit. Mm. Um... And I think that those those first years of just, like, jumping into something new and checking it out and seeing that I, I could be okay um, was really helpful. And then, in another way, this person also um, helped me kind of get over that controlling feeling. We, we broke up, and they threw away all of my things. And, like, everything. And we had moved away from Massachusetts. We had spent a summer in Alaska. And mm-hmm. then uh, we broke up, and... He threw away everything, my whole life, and burned all my bridges with, like, Massachusetts. And I had that feeling. I was like, oh, I don't know anything else. You know, this was the person that was showing me how to see this bigger world and, like, navigate it. And I did have that moment. I I booked a trip to Thailand by myself for a winter and cried every day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Road share all over the the country when I got back to the U.S. because I just didn't know. But that lesson of letting go of material things, letting go of, you know, um, a place, um, the sense of home and and then still seeing that you can come out the other side and, and still find really beautiful things and beautiful people and, and that you can be okay. So, um, yeah, I definitely feel that, but yeah, nothing like somebody throwing away all your crap to (laughs) control. Yeah. Oh man. This is a great dinner time story also. This is, yeah, right? I'm just like, there's, okay, this was not the, the this is not the theme that I'm going for of this podcast, okay, but I feel like it. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have come in with expectations. I, or I, I didn't even want to come in with expectations and I'm like, what? Take an You're just, you've got go. so many damn good stories. Okay. <laughs> so going from Uptown Ginger, which would be a great drag name, mm-hmm. uh, to going into urban planning, what kind of motivated that shift for you? Yeah, well, it was a... It seems drastic. It, it does. It kind of <laughs> seems like that. Um, it, it was a long path, but I kind of always had my sights here. Um, with the name Crystal Rain, it's probably not shocking that I have maybe been an insufferable environmentalist since I was a kid. Like, maybe. Tiny child, like, yelling at adults for not recycling in front of me. Um, so, so that was always a passion. You know, I got, you know, blinded by the lights of maybe I want to be an actress. But, you know, deep down I always really felt passionately about um, just making change, like you kind of said. Um, and so once I did kind of get the acting out of my system, <laughs> the can-canning, uh, I... I'm so disappointed we didn't meet at that point in time, because I would have been like, I'll be your director, and then you'll be the best actress, and then... You know, yeah. there's there's plenty of life left to live. So that's true, that's true. Move forward, you know, do that. <gasps> I know. <laughs> um, no door is truly closed. That's true, yeah. Um, <laughs> when I finally... So when I moved back to Massachusetts, um, you know, I got into, I, I got into a pretty good school, and um, I 
decided to just throw myself into like being a change maker. So I studied sustainable development. I focused a lot on uh, sustainable food systems, but also on um, smart growth planning. And so I took a couple classes there uh, in planning and was really captivated by just like the power that a well-shaped city can have on how people feel again how they interact like kind of going back to that main difference that I saw between the east coast and the west coast and it that just really grabbed me and I, I thought that that was a really beautiful like place to put your intention in you know at that time in college I think the statistic was over half you know, we had just reached over half of the world's population was living in an urban space um and you know that was slated to grow to 85 percent in a very short amount of time and so you know thinking about like how I could make the most impact you know um God bless the people who who try to give get everyone to give a crap about polar bears. But like, what when it comes down to like making change and affecting people is it's where they live, it's what they eat, it's how their money is spent. Exactly, and so I know it's okay. I, it's just really powerful <laughs> stuff. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, I just went down that route, and again, you know. That was, I graduated in 2010, I had a lot of stuff in between, but um, when I settled down, you know, the existential dread of the world, which was really just palpable 2016, you know, like, we thought that was the worst, but anyway. That's actually why I don't, I'm not comfortable drinking apple cider, is because I had the misfortune of, like, that was the Mm. drink of the night on election night, and I was planning to get, like, celebratory drunk. And now I'm like, apple cider makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Bad things happen with apple cider. <laughs> Bad people get more power. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. No, it's okay. Yeah. So 2016, you know, um, rolled around. I found myself in Boise, interestingly enough. Um, and I, it was, we moved here right when um, the current president was uh, inaugurated. And I spent probably the first, like, month crying on the floor. Uh, of living here, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and really make, having my partner doubt his choice to move here with me, because um, I'm, no, <laughs> do you do this a lot? Um, is this something I can expect for the long term? Is it an altitude thing? Is <laughs> <laughs> No, but um, once I, like, pulled myself up off the floor, I just was like, I can't be sad, I can't be despondent if I'm not working to try and change things. Right. I just didn't feel like I, I had the right to wallow unless I was, like, out there trying to make things better at least in our little bubble and so that was the 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 start of it I started volunteering like everywhere <laughs> wow yeah okay this is gonna be a big question okay bring it when people exit huh? or no no no, no. Right. <laughs> when individuals are trying to figure out a certain purpose I think you've done a very good job of finding that for yourself and I wonder if you have any advice for people who, who truly do want to do better things and they don't want to feel uh, actionless, mm-hmm. I guess. How would you recommend or what helped you find that purpose or that, that sense of really strong direction? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's, again, it's just kind of looking looking at what makes you happy. Like, what is your interest? You know, the... The, the fact that I had to listen to that or that note that the biggest thing I, I saw between the East Coast, West Coast was like that structure of community, you know, mm-hmm. that that struck me. And I think just 
listening to yourself and like noticing where your interests peak and also looking at where, where you feel comfortable, you know, being in there. You know, I am a people person. I like to talk. I like reaching out to people and you know, where there's part of me that was like, well, maybe I could just go, you know, um, do something behind the scenes. I was like, well, I like talking to people. I, I, it's a skill yeah. of mine. And yeah. so interjecting myself into situations where I can <laughs> be helpful in that way, you know, is very me specific thing. But I think, I think you just have to check in. Where's your interest lie? Where do you want to make change? What are you good at? What are you comfortable doing? You know, because yeah. there are so many entry ways into being impactful in your community, just figuring out where it feels good for you. I do want to ask, so I know you have ties with like political entities around Boise. Um, have you helped with campaigns, those kinds of things as well? Mm -hmm. What was that experience like? So again, when I, uh, pulled myself up off the floor in 2017 and started just volunteering for anything I could find. Um, one of the places that I volunteered was a, uh, was Conservation Voters for Idaho. They're the local affiliate for League of Conservation Voters. It's a national nonprofit. Um, and I started doing, uh, legislative phone calls for them, just volunteered twice a week. Um, they got a grant that, uh, allowed them to pay the phone bankers. Um, so then I came on as a paid phone banker and then they bumped me up to manager and then got me a job as the, one of the environmental like program associates. And so I got to do that environmental work that was so popular, but then I got introduced to politics because that wasn't mm -hmm. something, an avenue that I always thought I wanted to be involved in because it's stressful AF and yeah. Um, toxic seeming. <laughs> that was what I was going to say is like, there's a social aspect to it that is incredibly daunting uh, and full of lies and deception. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And I was pretty unhappy with like having to be a part of it the first probably year. It just, and it's not my favorite and you know, still it's, I think it's the flawed system that we have here and it's uh you know we were talking about polishing turds uh with uh, clean <laughs> old cars earlier and that's how I kind of feel sometimes with yeah. like working within this political system that we have right now but again it got, kind of fell back to you know the more I was in it and the more I reflected on that that feeling of like well I can't I, I don't really feel like I have the right to complain and to feel upset about things if I'm not being part of the solution and sure. um getting to know you know Boise is such a small big city you know like getting to know the people who cared here and like seeing them run for office and you know seeing that you know politics gets ugly you know and even at a local level it can but seeing people get into it for the right reason and being able to support them and help them like fulfill their vision of shaping their community in the way yeah. that feels good to them really brought me around to it um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it is, yeah, like, when you see a politician who, like, actually cares and mm -hmm. isn't a real estate developer. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> um, or maybe they are, but they have a conscience. I don't know, I don't know, I, I haven't had one of those yet. <laughs> okay, fair. Touche, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I was asking a friend, like, how can I spice up my podcast more? Like, make it a little mm. bit more, like, pop. And he was like, um, Zesty. I just want to hear about how people party. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, so Crystal, how do you party? Wow, wow, that's that's the biggest question of them all, um, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, my partying is like much. Uh, it's you know, it's a thirty-five-year-old party nowadays. A um, <laughs> lot different from my Alaska days. Um, that town was that. Yeah, mm, Alaska. Uh, <laughs> I don't know dancing. A lot of really awkward wiggle dancing. Nice. You know? Yeah, nice. I like cocktails. I was a bartender for seventeen years, so. I enjoy those types of things. Uh-huh. Cocktails. Yeah, um, musics. Any can canning? You know, I know I've retired my can can skirts and bloomers. Um, you know, uh, I don't think. Did I'm... you retire them or did they get thrown away? Uh, they might have been uh, passed down to the next generation of can can dancers. <laughs> I bet that skeezy old uh, uh, corset is still in Liarsville. Oh gosh. That was an early party. That is a lot. Like the the sanit the lack of sanitation is something I'm thinking about in regards to like corsets. Um, and in our current time, where everything is. That I just mean like the, wow, that's a lot of sweat. It's a lot of people sweat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> and you know, those were no joke corsets. I had a a, a spiteful coworker who would. Uh, Tie it too tight? She'd tie me in real tight. And yeah. I was uh, so stubborn, I didn't want her to see that, that she was actually uh, hurting me. So I'm like, yeah, that's great. Go ahead. Yeah, another lace. That's great. That's the core of the Victorian era right there. You just described it. I know. It was like, <laughs> microaggressions were so much more metal back then. <laughs> yeah. Like, can you breathe? <laughs> but your chest looks great, so we're going. Yes, it's epic. You could set a glass on there. <laughs> Exactly. Fantastic. Um, so I guess, um, last question is, do you have any advice or any like kind of last sentiments that you want people to hear and think about? Oh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, if there's young folks listening out there, mm-hmm. um, definitely take a, take a trip that puts you out of your comfort zone. Try something that you thought might be too scary for you. You know, go somewhere by yourself. It's, it's, it's liberating. You might cry every day, but, you know, later when your friend asks you to talk about it on a podcast, it's, it's, it's really, awesome. like, um, deep and feels good. So, <laughs> How would you say that the nomadic culture that you've lived um, has shaped you and become part of who you are? Yeah, um, so it's, it's shaped me hugely, obviously. Um, I'd say the biggest thing is... I am not afraid of risks because I, I had to, you know, reinvent what my life was going to look like every six months, um, you know, pick a place, figure it out, make it work. And even if I made a mistake or if it didn't turn out how I wanted, like there's always the next chapter. And so I'm not afraid to make those mistakes and have it not work out and just to try something new. Um, and I think that's just so, so invaluable. And I am so thankful that I, got all those opportunities to try it out, make a mistake, and learn that it's going to be okay. Like, it, you, you can come out the other side. Yeah. Um, Do you still get the wanderlust, like, impulses and the oh, voice yeah. in your head? I yeah. mean, we, we go on trips every weekend. Even if yeah. it's just the next town over, I, I, I like experiencing something new and, like, seeing things that I haven't seen yet. So, yeah, it's there. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> I think I hit phases, like, currently, because things are getting colder, I'm like, cool, we're hibernating now, but... <laughs> Time to get back. cozy. Yep. I mean, but that's where, you know, 
it's really amazing that we live in the time that we do because we have access to all this like cultural these cultural experiences through the internet spotify we can listen to new music from new places we can you know visit a place through the photos online i, I don't know it's still there's still opportunity to explore and expand your world mm-hmm. even cozy in quarantine so yeah um but like side <laughs> i was gonna say like through books and a lot of reading yeah. as well like All stories people... are fantastic for that yeah we have lots of media at our at our fingertips so yep Mm-hmm. Anyway, be sure to like and subscribe. Uh, <laughs> Smash that like button. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Thank you so much for your time, Crystal. Thank you. We're done. <laughs> Bye. I'm leaving your house now. This is Morgan. Thank you for listening. Again, that was with Crystal Rain. She's an urban planner and designer with the city of Boise. Uh, I highly recommend looking up that kind of career path if that sounds like something that fits for you. If it was inspiring for you, I think it's a great direction to go in. Uh, The music is Circle K by King and Queen of the Losers. Beyond that, you know, if you can support our Patreon, I would really appreciate that. Uh, And we'll see you November 15th after the election. So... Fingers crossed. I've seen this place before. Call a doctor if it lasts four hours or more. Take a selfie with the western sky. Hand me the visine. My eyes are feeling dry. Next time, why don't we just fly? Be careful, data roaming charges may apply.